Yes, we should love our neighbor as ourselves. That's what God calls us to. That's the second greatest commandment. But it's not just those neighbors that look like us or that we particularly like. We're going to look today at something that is completely contrary to the human way of thinking and to the way the world thinks around us today. We're continuing our look at the Sermon on the Mount. We're in Matthew chapter 5, the opening chapter of the Sermon on the Mount delivered by Jesus. And we're going to look at verses 43 through 48. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Amen. God bless this reading and our perceiving and applying and transformation by his living and active holy word. Amen. Amen. Jesus is contrasting the way that he is calling us to live with the outward righteousness of the Pharisees, of those religious people. So it may sound religious to just say, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but that's not what Jesus is teaching. He's essentially teaching us that everybody is our neighbor, not just the ones we like, not just the ones who look like us or speak like us or dress like us, but all people. Uh, in the, the parable of the Good Samaritan, when somebody was trying to trick Jesus, and they said, well, just who is my neighbor? And he told that parable, and in that circumstance, one person encountered another person who was their avowed enemy, and yet they stopped and helped them, not just a little bit, but profoundly helped them. So he's calling us to a deeper place in himself. This is not something we can do in our strength, but we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So he's saying, look, you've heard about just loving your neighbor and hating your enemies. He said, that's not what I'm teaching you. That's not what the call is. He said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And, and what is he telling us when he's telling us that? He's saying, trust God. God's going to work this out. You don't have to resolve these problems yourself. Just do what God has said. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. He said, you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. Because he makes note that God God treats everybody the same uh he says he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust. He said, if, if you just love those who love you back, or if you greet only those who are uh, favorable to you, he said, that doesn't mean anything. Anybody can do that. But he said, here's your standard. 
You must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. That's the life he's calling us to. Now, we can't separate that from the fact that he has said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. He's not talking about how to get saved here. He's talking about people that are saved, how we should live our life in Christ. What has God called us to? He's called us to be holy as he is holy, to be perfect as as God is perfect. And so even though we fall on our face every day, that should be, we should get up, my way of saying it is we should get up shooting our arrow in the direction of holiness, of perfection. Yes, we're going to sh- fall short, but we're striving in Christ to be who he's called us to be, to go where he's called us to go, to do what he's called us to do, to think as he's called us to think, to speak and act as he's called us to speak and act. That is what it means to follow after Christ.